Hello, all, and welcome to the Fantasy and Sci-Fi Fanatics Podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Kubal. Today, I have me a very special guest, Sadir Samir. Sadir, how are you doing today? I'm good, my friend. Thank you. How are you? Oh, excellent. Excellent. Like I said, I've been, I got kind of stopped because of work, but I'm halfway through the crew. I'm like 51% of the way through. So um, usually I talk to people before reading their book, but I just, I had some time a couple of months ago, so, or a couple weeks ago. So I was like, I'm going to just start this now. All um, right. So I was I really, it. yeah. So like, it's, it's been interesting. I've been telling people like, you know, sometimes I get, I talk to authors beforehand and, mm-hmm. you know, then I get like kind of the director's cut. So I'm kind of glad I didn't finish your book yet because mm-hmm. I got some cool questions to ask you, and I'm actually interested in the writing aspect, too. And a lot of times it really gives me an insight into and gives me a better experience when reading someone's book. So um, so I'm kind of interested. You're the first one that I've done where it's been like partway through. So I'm kind of interested to see if I like it more than talking to the author before or after. So we'll uh, we'll see how it goes there. But I always learn something new when I talk to the author before finishing or reading their book. So I'm looking forward to doing that. So. Uh, we'll get right started there. For that first question, what has your writing journey been like up until this point? All right. So I would say that I started writing seriously. And with seriously, I mean started writing prose uh, mm-hmm. around 2014. So about 10 years ago or so. Okay. Uh, when I decided I wanted to like start writing books, you know. Um, so I took a couple of years and I wrote my first novel, which was like a more of a grim, dark, epic fantasy novel with multiple POVs uh, and all that jazz. Um, by the end of it, I wasn't satisfied with it. Uh, I thought, you know, as you're writing it, you think this is going to be the book that starts your your writing career and stuff like that, right? But like, uh, I sent it to a couple of beta readers. I did four or five drafts. I had the final thing polished and everything, but I was just like, the beta readers, their feedback, like it wasn't bad, but it wasn't like super good somewhere in the middle. Yeah. And you don't want to be in the middle. You know, you don't yeah. want to be like a meh experience. Right. You want, you, you know what I mean? So, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So I was so I, I made the hard decision to just put that book away and write something else instead. Uh, so that is when I started writing the crew. So the thing with the first novel, so the thing with the first novel was that I I've worked many years in the video game industry as a producer and uh, as a project manager. Uh, so I have a lot of experience of project management. So that's how I approached writing the first book, just to finish it, you know, by setting daily goals and like breaking it down and having a complete outline, you know, and like everything was planned in detail before I started writing it. So when I started writing the crew, I decided to do the complete opposite, which was have no outline, have nothing in place. Okay. Yeah. And just go with it and see where it yeah. took me. Yeah. So the only thing I knew going in when I was writing the crew was that I wanted it to be more isolated than the first book, because the first book was like, you know, four different POVs in different parts of the world. And then they meet up towards then, you know, you've seen it a million times in other epic yeah, fantasy yeah. right? Yeah. So for this one, I was like, I want it all to take place in one city, and uh, I want it to be about a crazy cell sword that is forced to assemble another uh, group of killers to take down the ruler. So that's all I had written down, and I wrote it down on my phone. You know, I wanted it to be a one pe- one sentence uh, one sentence pitch, basically, and then I just went in. Uh, and that has and the crew was released. 29th of November last year so roughly six months ago now uh yeah so does that answer the question 
Yeah, 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 yeah. I would okay. say so. <laughs> okay, 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 good, good. I just have a quick follow-up question. So mm -hmm. would you say that the crew, this always interests me because this keeps popping up over and over and over again on this podcast. Mm -hmm. and I find it interesting. So I definitely want to do like kind of a longer segment on this. Mm -hmm. um, Kelly McCullough had this thing where before his Fallen Blade series, which I absolutely love, um, he wrote the book originally like four years before something like that. And then he did his, he didn't really like what was going on, but he kept it. And he thought he almost was going to like, like just like you know back in the day pen and paper right he was just gonna get rid mm -hmm. of it so but he kept it in the drawer and then um he did his web mage series sold it and then they're like well we want something else so he went back to his original idea and that's where he ended up evolving it into the fallen blade series which i'm so glad he didn't get rid of because it's one of my favorite series okay. um i absolutely love the characters so mm -hmm. But I find that with a lot of people like that ends up that one that original book ends up being something really special. So is the crew, you know, kind of evolution of that first book or are they separate? I would say they are completely different and separate, except for a couple of parts that have cannibalized from the mm -hmm. first book. Uh, yeah. So the idea of God Bones as the magic system was uh, uh, was also the thing in the first book. But in the crew, uh, as you know, uh, the idea to actually snort God Bones, you know, to get your magical abilities was something that uh, was an evolution from the previous idea of just having God Bones uh, collected or whatever. So, yes. yeah, and some parts of the world that I was happy with, I also cannibalized for the crew, like some cities or some names or some continents or, you know, some some of the world building, I would say. Yeah. Yeah, yeah but that's really, yeah, yeah. They, they couldn't be more opposite than each other, like in terms of tone and style and, oh, interesting. Uh, and all of that stuff. Yeah, yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I, I just always find it interesting. I, I think um I, I it was not me. I like that, that word cannibalizing, but... Um, somebody we had on first season said harvesting and mm -hmm. yeah, I harvested a lot from this and I'm like, Oh, that's a, that's a good way to put it. You know, like I was yeah. like, I didn't, I didn't ever think of that. So mm -hmm. I just want to encourage our audience that <laughs> my friends, um, he did, he did the opposite, right? Like he threw this thing away and he never shared it with anybody. I'm like, that could have been your book, you know, that could have been the crew, you know, like, mm -hmm. so I'm really disappointed that, you know, that he ended up doing that. So I would encourage people like I have stuff I wrote when I was like 14, it was total garbage, but I went back, you know, in recent years and, you know, took a lot, I har harvested or cannibalized. Yeah, 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 I've gotten a lot from it into a whole new world or I evolved yeah. it or whatever. And it's a lot stronger now. So I just always want to mention that that just seems to be over and over what, you mm -hmm. know, like it's, it's never wasted material, I guess, you know, it might get a person or like you said, a continent or, you know, I mean, the God bones are a really cool magic mm -hmm. system. So I wouldn't, you know, I've been really, you know, uh, it would have felt like kind of gypped, you know, if you know, I never gotten to to read that idea because to me that was really cool. So yeah, yeah. harvesting and canalizing your old work, whatever you want to say, is uh, yeah. I think it's a really good idea. So I just encourage people to not throw anything away personally. You never know yeah. when that could be your idea. So yeah, I fully agree. I mean, uh, all the ideas that you have, you know, if you have them written down, you can always just look for them. You look back and see how you can make them fit in a new story idea. And uh, often I find that I will have separate ideas for different mm. things. But then they will often merge in unexpected ways, you know, yeah, uh, yeah. that I did not see coming at all. So, so yeah, write things down and keep them somewhere safe. I think I think you said that really, really well. Like, yeah, where it, it comes in like 
blending or evolving it and sometimes yeah. it comes in unexpected ways i i agree there were some things that came up with my epic fans or whatever grim dark fantasy epic what do you want to say um mm-hmm. where i was like how did where did that come from you know i had somebody <laughs> ask me recently when they read a little something they're like how did you i was like i don't know i had this original idea but i saw a movie or read something cool yeah. and then you know blended it i don't know so sure, i think that's sure. what's cool about writing right is you know i want to do this at some point i want to like you me and um two other authors right and we each get the same basic outline and like plot mm-hmm. but then write a different short story yeah yeah and then come together and then see how different they are like same yeah. people same names you know what i mean but you basically yeah. come up with you each come up with a different backstory and you know and all the other stuff so i think that would just be so cool because i think a lot of people are like oh someone's gonna steal my idea and i i bring up dirk a lot with it because um he had never read neil gaiman um and then you know once he had a certain idea for uh his first book with like how the gods were transferring themselves yeah. he even used the same name as neil gaiman yeah. and someone's like oh you took a lot of inspiration from him he's like what are you talking about so then he you know read american gods he's like oh i gotta change some things otherwise people are gonna think i just took this you know from neil gaiman but it's interesting right like where yeah you know he still had things that we were they were called the same thing they were totally different so i think yeah. it's always interesting to see how writers brains work yeah and i would just to to continue on that thread like the beautiful thing about writing is that it doesn't really matter what the initial idea is you know on a concept sure. level because as you say, like if, if you, me and two other authors get the same prompt, you know, uh, we, let's take, you know, the classic trope that I have in my book, an assassin is hired to kill a ruler in a city. You know what I mean? OK, yeah. but I promise you, like if you, me and two other authors write that story, it will be completely different. Yeah. Because, yeah. What, because what you bring as a storyteller is who you are as a person. And that's unique, you know. So that's yeah. why we keep always getting new stories, even though some of the ingredients or the fundamentals or the tropes, you know, are familiar to us, you know, because we like yeah. certain stuff. But the beautiful thing is that, like, we can put our own spin on them. And that's yeah, I, yeah. I think that's what resonates with people, because most people, they want something familiar, but they want something different at the same time. So the question is, how do you hit that? Right. Yeah, yeah. And that's by, in my opinion, my philosophy when it comes to this is by infusing yourself. Like, what what, what do you think that you bring to the table, you know, and try and find that. And that, yeah, is, what, yeah. that is what I would ultimately say is your writer voice, right? Yeah, no you can totally. open, you, you can read a paragraph or two and know it's Neil Gaiman just by reading yeah. those paragraphs from any of his books, right? Because he has a certain style that is his. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's all yeah. Well, it's funny that you mentioned that because, like, you know, I I mean, I like your assassin and, the, you know, the, your characters because it's totally different than what I would have done. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and I like people, you know, they're like, oh, it's like, you know, like, true. It's like Deadpool meets this and that. And I'm like, yeah, that's true. But, you know, I also like certain things that you did versus like there are certain things I liked about like, like I like about Deadpool, the character. And there are certain things I don't like about the character. Mm-hmm. Um, But I feel like you took things that I liked about the character and then added some other things that, you know, made me, um, you know, like, like your character a lot more than Deadpool, no offense to anybody. Um, <laughs> but, you know, but, but again, you know, it's because you have, you know, you brought something into the character, you know, I don't want to um, spoilers or anything, but like, you know, like personal backstory, I'm like, I can relate to your character more, you know, than I can Deadpool. Mm-hmm. So to me, that just it added a lot more to the story. Um, that makes like you're setting a, like you're setting a lot more too personally because it's like i i love it i'm a i'm just a sucker for 
like a, a desert setting. Like yeah, it's just, yeah. it's like, you know, I love all sorts of, but it's like, that is just, I think it's because I've had some of my favorite stories have come from a desert setting mm -hmm. um, from, from gotten realms or, you know, yeah. or, you know, um, was it dark sun or whatever dark, that they had, yeah. you know, was, you know, know what I mean? Yeah, I was just going to say Dark Sun is actually one of the big inspirations that's been with me for so many years, you know, in the back of my yeah, house. Yeah. I always loved that world. And, uh, it's so cool. You know, yeah, and then being from the Middle East myself, you know, and my heritage and stuff like that. So it came pretty naturally for me to try and write something inspired from a setting like that, you know, and just yeah, yeah. a bit from the more European fantasy milieu that we... I mean, nowadays things are super diverse, so it's not as... Yeah. How it, back in the 80s when everything was just medieval europe so we're seeing a lot of cool <laughs> stuff <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah and that's like i think my my friend he's like he's always like oh like i actually had a desert setting for one of my books and it's kind of like a fantasy indiana jones um mm -hmm. kind of thing where um like this one guy and he's like a scholar so um particular class for me but uh it's just interesting you know where then i had this other one I got this heist going on and I was like, it just isn't fitting in a desert setting, you know, and mm -hmm. I switched it to like more of like a, like a Eastern European or like Prussian kind of mm -hmm. setting. And it just worked instantly. A lot of things like clipped. Yeah. So I just, yeah, but like I, my friend was like, you're not going to write it in like a uh, English. So I was like, no, I'm like, I say, yeah. I love, love those. You know, I was like, read so yeah, many of those too. that inspired yeah, me, me, but I was like, I just, I can't write that at this point. Cause that's not things that have interest me. You know, your yeah. setting interests me a lot. So you know, I'll do something similar, you That's know, cool. but yeah, so it's, it's always interesting, I think, to see, yeah. you know, how, like you said, you know, like how people, you know, kind of branch out from there. I like unique stories. So anytime someone does something, you know, I think I, I'm trying to remember who said it, but maybe it was like Rob J. Hayes on their podcast a while mm -hmm. back. But I think he said, like, as long as you do something new, but do it well you know, people are going to enjoy it. So I think that that's, I think that's true, you know? Yeah. So I, I just always like people's new ideas because it always makes me think a little bit deeper. So that's mm -hmm. what I think is fun about fantasy and sci-fi, right? You just get to write whatever you want. So yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. whatever Very you want. Yeah. yeah. Uh, just for the audience. So what genre or genres do you currently write in and why? So I mainly, I mean, this series is definitely fantasy uh, as the main genre, but then the sub-genre, sub I, would, I, I wouldn't call it epic fantasy. I would more call it sword and sorcery or like dark comedy or humorous fantasy, uh, action adventure, more more that style, like fast pacing, a lot of action, a lot of stuff happening. Uh, yeah, that's how I would describe it. My friend said uh, it, it was Deadpool met Conan the Barbarian. Okay. <laughs> I was like, I was like, I have to tell Sadir that because I was like, yeah, that, right. those are two things that like, he loves the Deadpool. I love Conan the Barbarian. And I, you know, oh, so awesome. he was like ripping through the crew. He was like, yeah, that's a good description. Oh, I was like, awesome. say that, say that, please say that, please. Yeah, I was like, I'll yeah. tell him. So <laughs> I thought that was really cool. But yeah. it did. I do have to say, though, that, you know, like, and, you know, in terms of the crew, like it does have just like great sword and sorcery vibes and i'm gonna blame you for this sadir i'm gonna blame you okay right? okay so i'm going through the crew and then i was writing one type of i'm gonna blame you and paul s kemp so okay. i was writing one amazon kindle series and then i was reading through the crew and i sword and sorcery vibe was getting to me mm -hmm. um and then i read i uh, was listening to paul s kemp so i was re-listening to his hammer and the blade series which is great and it's basically like um um, kind of like a Fitz Lieber sort of thing. We got these two okay. like 
uh, thief guys who like are grave rappers. Sometimes they do all sorts of stuff, and it's what happens when two morally great characters have to do the right thing, and it's yeah. like a buddy cop fantasy story. So between yeah. your reading your book, the crew, and listening to his again, yeah. I had to create my own sword and sorcery buddy cop series. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so that's where I, I came up with this new series I'm releasing in the fall. So oh, I'm nice. going to blame you too. <laughs> but I just like the, the sword and sorcery vibes was all around me. So I, yeah, I had to yeah. do something with it. So but it was really cool. I mean, that is uh, it's always nice to know if your stuff can inspire other creatives to. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah the juice is flowing and want to create something so that just makes me happy you know so i don't i don't know i don't know where i'm gonna put it i don't know where you're allowed to put it on there but um i'm gonna make sure that you know because i just want like if people like my you know my amazon or kindle bella series you know i want them to know you know what i mean like well you know sadir samir the crew and you know paul's campaign and blade series you know or inspirations i think it's nice right you know where again get that cross-pollination you know because mm -hmm. you never know when you know somebody's like oh that's really cool you know and um checks it out but yeah yeah so that'll be forthcoming in the fall so nice. just so you know though you and paul were the ones that inspired me there so oh, his, his his book sound like sounds like something right up my alley so i need to check that I, out i you know i was gonna say that like it, yeah. it's just really good and it's it's kind of like a desert setting um too like they go into a city and then they'll go off into the swamp area. Then they go off to the deserts. And it's just like, it's really cool. But you and him, like, I don't know, you guys had like similar vibes. And I think that's why, you know, as I was reading the crew and then I can't read on my way to work, you know, obviously. Yeah. So I had to listen to something that was similar. Mm -hmm. So that's why I went back to his series to re-listen to him. Okay. Um, he hasn't written a new one in a while. There's like four of them, three or four of okay. them. So I needed a little something, something, you know, to yeah. hold me over. <laughs> and then I kept having the sword and sorcery vibe. So then I had to start writing my own. So oh, cool. that's really cool. But I think, yeah, I think you'd like it. Uh, so for our audience, I'm excited for this question. What is your book, The Crew, about? And how did you come up with this idea? So the book is about, I'm going to hold up the book here. If that's cool. It's an awesome cover, too. I love oh, it. So the book here is, it's pretty straightforward. It's called The Crew. On the cover, we have the crew in question. There's also a couple of characters that are in the group that are surprises in the story. So I purposely did not have them on the cover. Uh, but the story revolves around this guy being hired to take down uh, what is known as a bone lord, uh, basically a mighty ruler of an ancient uh, desert city-state. And he likes to play alone, but he's forced to assemble a group of other people to assist him because even though he wants to think he's strong enough to pull it off on his own, he's really not. <laughs> yeah, so he's he's forced to play with other people and uh, a lot of shenanigans uh, occur and uh, a lot of banter between this, this group of people. And uh, the question becomes like, will they actually pull it off and make things better for the city or will they you know, leave it in ruins because they're kind of a chaotic group, to be honest with you. <laughs> I was trying to remember what the, um, well, like Chris Evans, um, there was like that graphic novel that, um, they made into a movie and it was like, they were all like, it was kind of like, uh, like a spy version of the crew. Mm -hmm. It was like all, it was like Idris Elba was in the group. Um, like, was it Jeffrey Dean Morgan was in oh, it too? Uh, something with King, King, uh, is that the one no kingmaker it was just like a, it was like a funny spy movie you know where but it was but my friend was like he was reading the crew and he's like oh it's like this movie i'm trying to remember what it was now but it's uh it was a graphic novel yeah then they made it to a movie and those guys are in it and then um Kingsman. Oh, 
Is that the one? No, no, but it was just like that, though. It was a lot oh, like okay. that. I'm going to have to look oh, it up okay. at some point. Okay. Um, but yeah, but my friend said that, though. He was like reading the crew and he's like, mm. oh, my gosh, it's just like and it's got right on the top of my to my tongue and my brain. But uh, he's like, yeah, it's just like, you know, this movie. And he loved that movie. So okay. he like flew through the crew. He was like, this is like totally my kind of thing. He's like, just instead of spies, it's, you know, fantasy setting with, yeah. you know, these people. So I okay. thought that was really interesting, but okay. yeah, I was like, "Oh, that's a good one." So I'm totally blanking on it now. So I have to, I have to look it up so you can yeah, use yeah, that right. as like, you know, to pull it. people in. But um, yeah. yeah, it was a really good graphic novel too. But I just loved um, you know, the opening scene though. So I just want to say to the audience too, like you know, just read the first scene. So mm -hmm. if you need anything other than that, then I don't know if fantasy is the genre for you, <laughs> but um, it was really good. <laughs> I it really like was reminiscent of um. You know, I don't know. I, I felt a couple of different vibes coming from there. And I just I really liked the opening scene. So I was like just like tearing through. Um, I would have been done if not for the baby teething and, <laughs> and work, which has gotten crazy. But um, yeah, it was like it was the opening scene really caught me. Um, it was definitely my kind of vibe. I really liked, you know, the characters that you've created. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, yeah, they definitely have, you know, that sword and sorcery vibe um the humor is really great so i just want to say that that opening scene was really awesome i the only other person i think that caught me that well with the opening scene was uh, uh christopher g brenning in his first book the hellborn king okay. um so so far you two i would say within the last 10 years both had like tied for your opening scenes oh wow really okay. be, like hooked right away and you you guys wrote them very differently yeah yeah but like you know just really caught me um, and I got to say, not not many people, you know, I read a lot of books, listen to a lot of yeah, books. Not many yeah. people can do that. So I just want to say that opening scene was really, really good. So that's what I'm always trying to, you know, to strive for is that's people awesome keep reading right away, you know. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was I, awesome. I think, yeah, I think like the purpose of the opening scene is to establish the tone of the story. And like, uh, because the thing is this, when you write comedy, which is like a very small subgenre of of fantasy books right uh people will immediately compare it to pratchett you know yeah yeah, yeah. every time yeah. if i say humor they think pratchett and this is yeah. not pratchett at all i haven't read any pratchett books <laughs> uh, but i know he's way more sophisticated and more uh, satire and more like uh you know and my book is way crazier sanier that is the vibe that i was going for so that's why in terms of marketing i tried to compare it to deadpool just to give people you know, a sense that it's it's absolutely not, you know, the Hitchhiker, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy or Pratchett. Yeah, yeah. Or, yeah, this is like dark comedy humor, you know, uh, and it, it's going to work for some people and it's really not going to work for others, you know. Uh, so, yeah. So the openings yeah. hopefully like uh, hopefully lets readers know immediately if this is something that's going to work for them or not, because I don't I don't want to waste their time, you know. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, you know, I was like, oh, this looks really good, you know, and it sounds really good. And I was honestly just curious from your cover, mm -hmm. honestly, just I was like, I just got to figure out who the crew is and how they're put together just from a writer standpoint. But, you know, and I, I, you know, when, you know, like I said, sometimes when people say Deadpool, I'm like, there are certain writers for Deadpool where I loved them. Mm -hmm. You know, like any other character, certain writers where I'm like, I was out the door, you know, and yeah, I yeah. think recently in the comics they've done, I didn't really like the 90s Deadpool as much. I like mm -hmm. the more recent Deadpool, yeah. um, particularly in the comics. So I would say like, just personally, I think that you match that type of writing and character mm -hmm. more. I think it was because they made a more of a character recently than a caricature, if that makes sense. I feel yeah, like yeah. back in the day, he yeah. was just kind of like, you know what I mean? Like he it was just kind of yeah. like, 
we're just going to have him just do all these things and, you know, whatever. But um, I think recently they've just actually, you know, because he's been more popular, I think they just let yeah. him be a character. Um, But yeah, so I feel like he really captured what I really liked about the character, uh, particularly in recent years. But um, yeah, that opening scene was really great. So I keep like rewriting my first Kindle episode. <laughs> I'm just like, oh, it's not quite there yet. So <laughs> my friend goes, just keep going. And then maybe, you know, it'll come later. But um, yeah, I really like that opening scene. Um, I don't want to give too much away. But yeah, I really liked um, just like the humor, um, you know, that you had with that opening scene. Um, I felt like we, you know, knew, you know, your main character, one of your, you know, main characters right off the bat, you know, mm -hmm. rather than, you know, get, you know, some people like don't really give you anything, you know what I mean, about that yeah. character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I liked how you were just like, here's my book, you know, here's the yeah. character, here's my book, essentially, here's the feel, and take me or leave me kind of thing. So I really <laughs> liked it that way. So, yeah, but I highly recommend the crew to people like read that first chapter and, you know, you'll you'll get into it. Um, when it comes to putting your crew together, what steps did you take to fill each role and make their characters unique? Because each one's really unique. Yeah. Uh, I wish like, I were you, like, yeah, were you I, wish... like, I was just curious, like, were you like, um, cause I'm doing this with my own crew, right? Like mm -hmm. I, I, I realized like I got this heist and I'm like, okay, these two people, these two young thieves cannot get into this palace. Like they can't do it. Like they need a crew. Mm -hmm. And I'm just curious, like, I'm trying to write out the problems that they have to solve. And then I have the minds of, you know, like, I'm like, okay, I want these particular characters. Like, I have this illusionist, right? I'm like, well, they're going to need somebody with magic, but I don't want to be super powered, yeah. you know, because she needs yeah. them as well. So I'm like, okay, she's going to be illusionist and she can do these mm -hmm. things. So mm -hmm. I was curious that, like, did you kind of go with, like, the end game in mind and then kind of went with what characters you needed? And then kind of start from there. Like, how did I was just curious, like how you put your crew together, sure. essentially? Yeah, absolutely. So the thing is, this like the crew has a heist vibe to it. I've heard from different reviewers and readers, uh, but it isn't really a heist, you know. Yeah. Um, so I think that when you write a heist novel or or a heist story, you need to have things planned beforehand so that you have all of the different heist members fill a certain role directly tied to the heist that's going to occur towards the end of, of, of the book or story, right? Uh, so there isn't really a heist in my novel uh, in that sense. So I didn't have anything planned for it. Uh, so it's not a very sophisticated answer from a writing craft standpoint. <laughs> because well, uh, I, I think it is. I just personally think it is, though, because okay. you had, like, because I think it's even harder, though. Because mm. for me, you know, like, I can be like, okay, here's a solutionist. And then I can be like, here's the problem. Here's the person that's going to mm -hmm. solve it. And here are some things that are going to go wrong and how she's going to help them solve that. And then mm -hmm. I created character. Then everything fell into place after, you know, then I'm like, okay, well, she kind of gets close to one of the main characters that, yeah. you know, does this. So I feel like everything else kind of came. I feel like you had to do it in a more difficult way because you had to create these characters basically from no problem like i had a problem for them to solve you didn't have a problem to solve so i did i think it's harder to do what you did okay. you know and i'm just curious at like how you were able to create such interesting characters basically from like having no problem to solve except for the fact that they're going to you know try to kill this bone lord yeah no so 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 the way i approached it approached it was that i from having written the first pitch uh, line, you know, like uh, I knew that there was going to be a crew of sorts. And that's just because I love that trope. I love ensemble costs. And I knew that I knew that my main character wouldn't play well with others. So 
I always wanted other characters forced to be around him and see how they would, you know, bounce off each other, basically. Um, and uh, so that was really the only guiding light I had going into the story, that they would need more people to join them to take down the Bone Lord. Uh, but I didn't have any other plans uh, than that, really. Uh, yeah. Well, that's interesting. I, I just find it interesting when, how people do those things because I, I I actually like that I'm doing... I, the reason I did a heist for mm -hmm. this one was like I had this this character that just would not shut up, you know what I mean, over the years. And mm -hmm. he wanted to be a short story. He wanted to be a novella. And he has a really tragic story. And yeah. then over time, it developed, you know, it evolved. And then I'm like, oh, there's actually something cool here. I was like, actually, there's a trilogy here. It's pretty cool. And then after Cobra Kai, I was like, okay, I'm really into redemption stories now. And I'm like, mm -hmm. you know, I want to explore that theme. Like, could somebody that's done such crappy things, particularly to the people that he cares about and loves, could they actually be redeemed? Yeah. Um, yeah. So I just kind of kept going for there. But again, I thought it was easier personally as a beginning writer to go from a heist because there are all these different parts you know and there's so many things so i just give you credit for doing something you know heist like but you know in a different Thanks. way and i think that's why a lot of people i've talked to you know who have been who have enjoyed the crew um you know when i was reading i was like okay i love heist you know and then i'm going through and i'm like okay we're assembling the crew and i'm like all right i'm like well i'm liking it though because it's also different you know so but i think anytime you do something different you know again you're you know, you're going into deep waters that you're not quite sure if it's going to work or not. But yeah, yeah for, for you, sure. you know, it, it worked really well. So I just want to also point out to people in the audience who are writers that, you know, just because it hasn't been done before or not in your way doesn't mean that it's not going to work, you know. Yeah, so sure. this has worked really well. So the, 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 on, the only problem can happen is if people expect it to be, you know, a more structured heist happening. Yep. And then they could be disappointed that that is not the case. Yep. Like, because like if you compare it to like Ocean's Eleven or those movies, you know they're yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, they really follow the heist formula, right? Yep. Uh, so I think if that's what you want and you, you go in, then you might be a bit disappointed. But hopefully you will have enough fun with the chaos that occurs uh, and the, and the things okay. that happen that you won't mind it too much. But but I could see that making some readers be a little bit disappointed. But yeah. hopefully hopefully not too much, and they will enjoy. That it's a bit different. Yeah. But again, I again though, I, I personally feel like if you get through the first chapter, you know, like if you had done the first chapter, I don't give it away, but if you had done the first chapter more like a heist, like a beginning heist, mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. that main character was more like a thief. Yeah. Then I would have felt disappointed a little. Yeah. But the fact that you like you literally just lay it out there. You lay his character out there and you I feel like you really just put it out there, you know, as this is what the book's about. And yeah. I I feel like I wasn't disappointed then. I was like, well, this is it was I was intrigued. Okay. You cool. know, so I just feel like from a writer standpoint, it's a good lesson to learn because again, like if you read, you know, if you're like, okay, even if you just if someone just reads, you know, your premise, you know, on Amazon and stuff for the book, and then just reach chapter one, and then you know, I think like you could and then just a little bit, I think you could see that okay, this is, this is done really well. Because again, you know, I think some people do the opposite, you know, like they're like, okay, it's heist like, and they put that main character in the first chapter is stealing something. And then later on, they're assassinating somebody. It's like those two things don't match. So yeah, yeah, I think that you, you matched them really well, you know, where, you know, expectations to me, you know, were fulfilled right from the start and they just continue to be fulfilled. So I just think that, you know, if anything, it's on the reader, you know, for, 
you know the expectations but that makes that makes that that that, that makes me very happy to hear yeah uh, that makes me very glad <laughs> so yeah i just think i think craft wise i think you did it really well so that's like me like i'm like i actually that's where i i was going to go a little further into my episodes for my kindle vela series um mm -hmm. but i was like you know what i i my friend we, we were going through it together and um you know, I was I was actually talking about the crew and he's like, mm. well, you know, he's like, well, we, we actually were discussing it. And he's like, well, what did you like about it? I'm like, well, I like that the beginning scene was like this, you know, so we talked about crafting. He goes, mm. I think you're just writing your story too far in advance, you know, like mm. like a year down the road or six months. And he's like, yeah. I think you actually have to go back. He goes, I think that you're I did the, the opposite of what you did. So he's yeah. like, I think yeah. that expectations are not going to be fulfilled. So I actually went back to the beginning of the story and I think I'm doing a much better job for fulfilling expectations. So I just think craft wise that yeah. you did it really well. So I think that people could really, you know, could really take a look, you know, and um, just with how you did it and really learn something craft wise. So that's, that makes me happy to hear. Yeah. I would. <laughs> that's good. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, so what steps did you take when it come came to your book release that you will keep in the future? And what are some things that you might change with your next book? I feel like I saw your book everywhere. Uh, okay, that's cool. Uh, what steps did I take? Uh, it was like people were just sharing like nonstop. And then I saw you on Facebook, like someone had tagged you, I don't know if it was Dirk or mm -hmm. uh, Anna Smith Spark, one of them. And I was like, oh, okay. You know, and mm -hmm. I was like, all right. And then I like started looking everything up. So I friend request you. I started following you on Amazon yeah, and all these yeah. things. And I was like, okay. And I pre-ordered the book and I was like, this looks really cool. And then the next thing I know, like everybody, I know a lot of people <laughs> from the book community, like everybody was sharing your book everywhere. <laughs> so I was like, okay, this is, this is going to be really good. So right, awesome. So I, I, I didn't do, I, I, I didn't do anything that is out of the ordinary. I, I would say I, I'm a very structured person, uh, organized, you know, like I knew that, I mean, this is like a life changing thing to, 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 uh, to release your debut novel. Right. Yeah, so like it's been years, it's been years in the making. So I, I knew I wasn't going to take any shortcuts. Uh, I only have one chance to make a first impression on the readers and the audience. Um, so I invested a lot of money into the cover, right? And I think the cover played a massive, was uh, great. massive role for me. Uh, the the cover was done by an artist. His name is Lovä Gunnarsson. He's a Swedish uh, a Swedish guy, uh, and he's a we used to work together at a game studio here in Sweden. And he's a senior concept artist, so I always had him in mind when I was like, "I'm gonna ask Lovä if he wants to 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 possibly illustrate the cover for me," you know. So, I mean, I think he knocked it out of the park. He's never done a book cover before. Uh, yeah, really? so we had to that's that's yeah. crazy. Yeah, so we had to learn everything together, like how to properly format it for Amazon yeah. and printing. And uh, so we would sit on wow. this and all of that. So, yeah, so I think the cover played a big part. Um, I did a book tour, a paid book tour as well. I would say that was probably the least successful thing. Mm. Uh because I don't have Instagram, and it seems a lot of book tours seems to have more success over on Instagram yeah, where they yeah. actually post pictures of physical books and stuff. But yeah. since I live in Sweden, uh, it would basically be pretty crazy for me to send out that many books, yeah, 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 yeah. to that many people all yep. over, you know, in the US and the UK. And shipping these days is just insane, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, so I would probably say that next for the next release, the sequel to the crew, I won't do a book tour. Um, 
because I ultimately don't think that that generated. Uh, another thing that I think is also like I started getting involved in the sci-fi and fantasy community back in 2014, 2015. You know, uh, so it's been like an organic, uh, organic thing for me. Really, uh, I started traveling to cons in England, uh, meeting other people, meeting authors, making connections. Uh, being on Twitter, interacting, you know, sharing sharing stuff about books I love and things like that. So I had, so I, I already had like a following in place, and I already had kind of a network in place because of time that I had invested over the years, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So like instead of going on vacation trips, you know, I would put that money into going to a convention in the UK. Uh, That's cool. Yeah, and when I went the first time back in 2015, I didn't know anyone. Uh, <laughs> And people were like, uh, you know, kind of awkward uh, to go somewhere and you, you don't know anyone, you're from a different country. Uh, but people were so impressed and just like super uh, helpful because they're like, what? The, you came from Sweden? Like, what are you doing here? I'm like, there's no cons. There's no sci-fi fantasy cons over here, you know, and I write in English and I write in English, right? So my book is marketed towards the UK and US audience. Uh, and people are just so lovely in this community. That's the best part about it, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. So I just went to that first con, and people were like, "Oh, you're hanging out with us right now." And I met Christian Cameron, uh, you know, famous. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, and he was like, "Hey, I recognize you from Facebook, from one of the Facebook groups or whatever." And uh, <laughs> so then he spent so much time with me that evening and just introduced me to people. And oh, that's cool. Yeah. So that's been a staple for me ever since then. I travel every year. Uh, I haven't been on a like vacation vacation for like seven or eight years <laughs> my girlfriend my, my girlfriend hates me for it because she's like when are we gonna travel i'm like i need to travel to these things because of my books okay yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. so this year i'm going to dragon con for the first time and uh, at oh, the end of cool. august yeah so it's gonna be my first u.s convention oh that's well. cool yeah so uh to tie it back to your question i think those things all build on each other right yeah so for sure. have, having having a great cover really you know investing in that cover and uh making it represent what the story is inside uh, in, inside the book um connecting with other people uh you know stuff sending out arcs so I, I did i basically did everything that book publishers usually do uh when they release a book and i knew that since i went indie i was going to approach this from a business perspective right i started my own business in conjunction with with the book right uh yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. so uh, so I had I had the whole release planned out and followed all of the steps and tried to do a oh another thing sorry <laughs> I'm rambling on now but no, uh, no. research I researched a lot how to do things I looked at what other authors have done previously uh, tried to get as much information as I could just to you know what editor what editors did they work with what uh, you know who did they send books to if they sent any books to people and. Yeah, so I did a lot of research before I felt it was time and I was ready to actually release the book. So, yeah, don't st so advice for any aspiring authors out there that are planning to release a book, don't rush it. Like take your time, do the research because you want to do it as good as possible. You don't want to have regrets yeah. afterwards. Yeah. Uh Yeah, so I would say that's the case. Yeah. I feel like I have people message me all the time. They're like, where can I find your stuff? And I'm like, I'm rapid releasing. I'm like, I'm not 
you know, I was like, I'm going to do the Kindle Vela series, um, okay. you know, when it's ready. And um, it's it just really stinks. I, I'm ho- I'm hoping that we were hoping by holding off my Kindle Vela series to the fall. Like there's been talk for the last like 10 months that, you know, Kindle Vela was going to switch to, you know, to more at least, you know, European and um, North African and Middle Eastern countries mm-hmm. and Australia really, you know, really quickly. And it's they just keep delaying it um so okay. i'm curious if they're gonna do it like in the new year but i'm like i don't think i can wait that long now um yeah like my three novellas which okay. i'm basically gonna put into an anthology all together they're like prequel novellas for my monster hunter um but like we want to do but then and then i'm gonna like release my first fantasy novel so it's like you know it's it's hard because people like i i i like that people keep asking me but you know like yeah. you said i just like i'm like no like i have a crew i have my own crew you know i've assembled yeah. Uh, of people who are like you know my tech guy and i've had yeah. some authors and people that are helping me out with different things and you know and um i think building a community you know sometimes i get a little distracted building a community to help other people sometimes i forget like i can ask them to help me yeah. i had somebody where it's like you know we paid for our furnace it was like 10 grand and we needed that before the baby came you know mm-hmm. so we could have like heat in our house <laughs> so um then we had like an air problem so we had to like you know fix that with the vents and stuff so i was like well there pretty much goes all the indie money you know for you know yeah. the next like year and somebody was like well you could just do a kickstarter they're like you know you know enough people they're like you probably don't even need that much they're like what do you need mm-hmm. i was like oh editor and you know the cover and they're mm-hmm. like yeah i bet if you you know did that so i might do that eventually yeah. um yeah. in the yeah. fall or something if i need to but it's just interesting you know like um I just like you said, community. Like I just enjoy being part of the community. Even when I went, I went and met Brandon Sanderson, um, Kevin Hearn. Like before anybody knew who Brandon was, for, like um, things had just come out. Oh wow! Um, yeah, I met Patrick Rothfuss at the same place. But like I knew the indie people because they knew mm-hmm. Kevin Hearn. Um, Ryan McCullen were there. Um, Michael J. Sullivan was there. He was just hilarious. Um, but you know, I knew I, there was like so many people there. Um, indie community and they that was the first time i ever met an indie author and i met like 10 or 12 of them okay. um and it was interesting because i talked to them more than i did brandon sanderson or patrick ruthfuss i yeah. talked to kevin hearn a lot on social media and stuff he's just a really cool guy um no they really were like no like look at so-and-so's book over there then look at their book and i came back and i was like you guys just quote each other's books you know they're yeah. like yeah we just help each other out they're like we come here to sell books and go to the comic-con yeah. but really we just come to hang out with each other you know yeah. and like i that was my first experience and they were like i got so many cards and emails and stuff they're like yeah let us know if you need something or whatever um so a couple mm-hmm. people like kevin you know like i asked research questions or whatever you know and i feel like mm-hmm. everybody's just been you know been super cool um people uh, really even before are- i ran a podcast you know like i was just like oh i have a question you know so i i definitely think some people you know, forget that, you know, there are a lot of people in the indie community that, you know, really want to help each other. Like, I want your book to succeed because yeah. I want to read book two. Yeah. You know, yeah. yeah. On top of just wanting you to succeed, um, yeah. you know, I, I really want to read book two. Like, Christopher G. Breding was always like, oh, thanks for your help. I'm like, it's selfish, Chris, because this first book was amazing. And I'm like, I want him to keep writing. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, I was like, don't act like it's altruistic all the time. I was like, I just want to read book two, book three, yeah. you know. So, um, but yeah, no, I think it's cool, you know. Yeah, but I mean, you're you're absolutely like I mean, you're correct in that. Like, people are super supportive, and like, we're all in this together, you know. And yep. uh, we, we need to remember it. Like, we're not competitors, right? We all bring our own different book. Uh, there's something for everyone, and if someone picks up my book, that doesn't mean they're not gonna read another book by a different yeah, author. Yeah. 
So, uh, and in my experience, like people are really helpful when you have questions, when you, yeah, I mean, people are nice. In this community, yeah. they're actually nice. Maybe not yeah, so yeah. nice outside of the, the people. Well, I mean, <laughs> I look I look at just like what I did, right? Like I was reading the crew and then I was like, okay, like I need an audible book. And I was like, I need an audible from mm -hmm. the same type of feeling, you know, that your mm -hmm. book gave me or the same type yeah. of, you know, sword yeah. and sorcery. So that's mm -hmm. like, I have already purchased all, I have all of Paul's books. Like, mm -hmm. I think I only am missing one right now that yeah. he's ever written. And I love him. Like, he's one of my favorite authors. He inspired me to write, um, trying to have him come on really soon. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's like, I just, you know, <laughs> it wasn't like, I was like, okay, I'm just going to wait for a sit here. I'm like, I need something else, yeah, you know, sure. to hold me over sure. an audible, you know? Yeah. So I think that that just goes to show, you know, like a lot of times you leave a particular taste in their mouth, you know, for, you know, your genre or your characters or whatever. And if, you know, if you don't have something, they're going to go and find something else. But that never makes me not be like, okay, I'm not going to go buy book two. You know, I'm yeah. like, I'm yeah. going to go back and buy book two. Mm -hmm. um, so I just think it's kind of funny when, when people think that way. Maybe some people think that way, but that's not how I, fi I find most of us are like you and me, right? Our book yeah. quarters. <laughs> yeah, I don't yeah, want anybody yeah. to look at my Kindle right now because I think I bought like 30 yeah. books recently for 99 cents when they were on sale on yeah. Kindles. Yeah. I'll read them eventually. My wife's like, you're like smog or whatever that movie you like. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. collect. Now, someone, said, someone said that someone compared it to like uh, collecting books. Like, you know, they don't like you should think about it as like collecting wine. Like it only gets better. Yeah, that's over true. Time. I, I mean, you're going to read them at some point, you know, yeah. so they're not going to go bad. You yeah. Know? yeah, yeah. So, yeah that's true. Collect away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd much rather be surrounded by books than wines. <laughs> yeah, yeah, me too. I, I like that, though. I'm going to use that <laughs> yeah. for now on. That's awesome. I yeah. guess books and comics. I've been getting a little comic crazy again lately, but yeah, I found yeah. so many great indie comics, particularly for fantasy, horror, and sci-fi, where I've just been like on a huge indie kick. So I've been trying to relax a little bit just so I can afford my own book covers, but it's hard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so did you use any particular writing tools for your first book that you want to use again in your next book? Uh, or are there any ones that you'd like to try for book two? Uh, so I used Scrivener uh, to write my first novel that didn't go anywhere. And, I, and I'm sticking with Scrivener for the foreseeable future. I love it. Uh, I think it's an excellent uh, writing software, to be honest with you, uh, for drafting. But then when it comes to editing, uh, you need to go over to Word because Scrivener, yeah, is, totally. yeah, Scrivener isn't as strong in that department when you have to share documents with an outside collaborator. Yep. So I use Scrivener and then for formatting, I use Vellum. Uh, oh, nice. I don't think Vellum is exclusive to Mac. It might be. I'm not sure. Is it? I can't remember now because they were talking oh, about it. So I can't remember if they decided it was going to be or if they opened it up. Yeah. Anyhow, Vellum is fantastic, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a fantastic software for book formatting uh, to get like professionally looking books. Uh, yeah, best best money I've ever invested in any type of pro program, to be honest with you. Because <laughs> if you would have to do all of that yourself, uh, kudos to you if you have the skills to pull it off. Um, or you would need to hire someone to do it for you. But with Vellum, yeah, any, totally. any, but with Vellum, anyone can do it, and it's a one-time fee. Sounds like I sounds sounds like I'm working for them now, making a pitch, <laughs> <laughs> making getting a commission. No, I'm not. But I just love it. It made my life so much easier when I found it. I was so happy. So Scrivener, Vellum, and uh, Scrivener, Vellum, and Word are the three 
the three powerhouses, and uh, I don't need anything else at this moment, at least. I'm definitely thinking of uh, getting Vellum um, just because I feel like uh, I've heard a lot of people, you know, say, you know, that, you know, it's really good. Um, yeah, it's so really for good. me, I feel like, you know, I, th I think it'd be a good one to at least check yeah. out. So Yeah, for sure. Oh, cool. Um, I actually keep forgetting that we have to check it out first by Tech Guy and I the next couple of uh, months because that's going to be like our, uh, one of our purchases on Labor Day because we're doing the same thing. I'm like setting up. Um, I'm trying to I don't know if we're like doing like an LLC or what we're going to do, but um, that's one reason why I rearranged some of the products of how mm -hmm. I'm doing. So we're hoping that I can get at least something going on Kindle Bella, even okay. if it's like, you know, 50 bucks a month or something like that. You know, yeah. it's like it at least comes right back in, you know, and I'm going to pre-write like 50 episodes. So mm -hmm. at least it's something to hold people over and, you know, to yeah. advertise and stuff like that. But, Definitely. Yeah. Uh... That was a good answer. I keep I have to write down vellum every time now. Uh, which part of the, okay, this is my one of my favorite questions I ask people. I always change it to tailor it to their book. But okay. which one of the crew would you want to go on an adventure with, and why? Oh boy, uh... picking your favorite child. <laughs> no, <laughs> they're all unstable individuals to some <laughs> to some extent. To some degree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm not sure that it would be a good time to hang out with any of them, really. Uh, but I mean, okay, so I would probably go with Varkade just because, like, you you never know where life's going to go if you hang out with someone like that. He, we're going to get into a lot of trouble, uh, that's guaranteed. But, like, if you're already committed to doing that, then I think hanging out with him, you're not going to have a, you're, you're not going to have a boring time, at least. Uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah probably yeah but they're all uh, but they're all crazy crazy characters that i wouldn't recommend really hanging out with yeah probably yeah. arcade you're probably definitely going to get arrested or at least have to yes. you know yeah for sure a yeah, prison yeah. or, or yeah. something like that so yeah it could it could, awesome. be, it could be lethal hanging out with him yeah yeah yeah, yeah. well i have to give my friend uh my buddy uh dave credit for that one because he was like who would you want to hang out with or go on adventure in the crew i was like yeah. <laughs> oh i was like i say thing i was like i said i feel we, we actually likened it to one of our buddies where we're like it's like if you go out with him him and barcade are very similar oh, okay so, like, last time we all hung out he's like i'm ready to get crazy like yeah. he goes i don't even know if we're gonna make it home tonight you know <laughs> <laughs> and i feel that's like barcade like in a nutshell so yeah yeah, yeah. And as, as like I was reading, I was like, "Oh my god!" I was like, "I've literally heard my friend say some similar things." Okay, that's <laughs> just like I want to, I want to meet this guy. I want to. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'll let him know. <laughs> we'll figure it out. <laughs> well, we've talked about going to DragonCon. I mean, I'm like praying, I'm like praying, praying that my son, um, you know, like his teeth and you know mm -hmm. everything like he had to yeah. start out with some problems, and so he's doing pretty well now. But um, you know, I'm hoping that he's just a little sure. bit more. It's hard because like he just like it's like like an hour goes by, like probably and I'm like. Another 30 minutes, I'll be like, Where's dad? <laughs> yeah. But like, I said to my wife, I was like, I really want to go to Dragon Con. She goes, I don't know if he's going to be able to handle you being on that long. So yeah. I'm hoping by at least if I don't go this year, we'll go next year. But yeah. if, if we yeah. can, my buddy and I can make it down this year, like maybe fly down real quick because we're mm -hmm. in central New York. Okay. Um, so if okay. you fly down at least, you know, for like 24 or 48 hours, maybe we'll see. Cool. Yeah, that would be awesome. Yeah, it'd be really cool. But I, I know I'm he'd hoping... be down to go for sure. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm hoping to make it, I mean, 
let's see if I mean I think it's gonna be a wonderful time uh, at Dragon Con. So it seems to be like the the top three that Glasgow and um oh I'm totally blanking on the other one because it's got an interesting name. But yeah, like I just feel like for authors like Dragon Con, you know, seems to be like top three every yeah. time. Like I have so many people have been on the podcast and that are going to be over the next like season where they're like, Oh man, if you could make it, it'd be so cool. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. I know. And like, we've got t-shirts and stuff we're making and oh, we're going to throw nice. out swag and stuff. But yeah, I'm, I'm like, cool. it's just hard with the little one. And if my sure. wife decides that she wants to go too, and we just bring him, then mm-hmm. I think it'd be really fun. But I definitely agree with that. It, to me, it seems like most people just have a great time. Usually I'm coaching at that time uh, mm-hmm. of the summer. So it's hard. Cause I'm always had to be here working, but this yeah. year I'm not. So okay. that's where I'm like, Oh, we got to maybe try to get out, you know, yeah. if we can and, you know, and get there, but it definitely seems to be top three from what everybody's told me. Yeah. So I've heard, I've heard, I've heard great things uh, about okay. it for a couple of years now. So I'm like, yep. yeah, it's, I knew I wanted to have, uh, I knew that I was going to try and make it this year you know i started planning for it last year saving up money for it because it's a pretty expensive trip going over to the yeah US. yeah yeah. yeah 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 it's a five-day con and uh you know all of that stuff but it's yeah i think it's gonna be a blast so yeah, yeah. well i mean, have to twist my arm i know you and a bunch of people that are going so yeah, yeah. like I'm fingers like... crossed, fingers crossed yeah. you can yeah it'd be really cool i said to my wife i said even if i just flew down with my buddy just for the day you know just for like one yeah, day and then sure, we came back sure. later i i told him i was like dude i was like i'll pay for your ticket i was like you know if he just goes and helps me you know um maybe films or something like that you know mm-hmm. while i'm maybe i'd go around maybe we could chat yeah. real quick or something you know and put like a couple youtube videos together um i was like i think it'd be just worth it just for the day because yeah. there were so many people last year that went where i'm like no you know yeah, i'm like i wanted to talk and then they're I'm like oh yeah that so-and-so was there and they took all yeah, these pictures absolutely. and i just felt so left out <laughs> this looks awesome so yeah that definitely seems to be the one mm. oh you know what i just realized so as you're going through i don't know why it just came to me but the the movie that chris evans and Idris alba and jeffrey d morgan were mm-hmm. in and i'm totally blank out on what the actress's name was but she's amazing um, the, the graphic novel and the movie are called, uh, I think it's Losers or The Losers. Um, okay. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's very like, like if people like that movie yeah. or that graphic novel, they'll love the crew because your book is just like a fantasy version of that. Okay. All the characters. Yeah. Are, you have to check it out. It's, I'm I'll so, send I'm, it to I'm, you. I'm, yeah. I'm yeah. So I'll so message so. you on Twitter. It's really, it's a really, I think I might have to go back and rewatch it tonight with my son. We like to just chill at night and like yeah, watch a movie. Nice. Um, yeah. But it was, it's like, literally reminds me of the losers um i'm so just surprised like a fantasy I version. Heard, I'm surprised i haven't heard about it because it's like, from I, like i, I want to say it's from 2009 or something like that so it's a pretty old movie now but it was really good i think a lot of those people were you know hadn't really blown up yet you know oh, now okay. they're you know you know like now jeffrey dean morgan's you know pretty huge here mm-hmm. elbows like blown up you know yeah, like yeah. that was before luther and you know and chris evans that's like he was in the fantastic four too i think like right before that or something yeah okay. um but you know he hadn't really blown up yet like he definitely wasn't captain america yet so i okay. think it's like yeah. you know it's but it's a hidden gem i think um I but yeah i think that, that you'd really like i think it'd be right up your alley okay, so cool. the graphic novel was amazing too oh nice uh, so for that last question there, do you have any news, updates, current projects, any promos, anything at all going on that you can share with our audience? 
Um, so let's see. So the audiobook for the crew was released about two or three weeks ago. Oh, cool. I didn't know that. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So I'm very happy about that because I know people love audiobooks and I made a really big effort to try and get that done. Uh, since I'm based in the uh, most, most in the authors, they go through um, ACX. Oh, which yep, is, yep. Yeah, which is owned by Amazon. Uh, the problem for me is that they are exclusive to people in the UK and the US. So they are not. So, yeah, so they weren't an option for me. So I was like, oh, shit. Okay. <clears throat> yeah. So I, I had to do everything basically on my own research, everything, find a narrator that I liked, uh, find a different publishing company that could put the book on Audible because I wanted it to be available on Audible, right? Yeah. Yeah, so I had to do a lot of research. I had to put in a lot of my own money uh, to make it happen. But I'm really happy with the end result. And from what I'm hearing from people is that they are also happy with with audiobooks. So it oh, feels awesome. like it's worth it. Yeah. Uh, other than that, I am uh, working hard on the sequel to The Crew that I plan to release exactly one year after The Crew. So that will be the oh, 29th cool. of November oh, cool. 2023. Yeah. So uh what else? No, I think that's that I think that's I, I don't I don't have anything more exciting or secret happening at the moment. Just trying <laughs> just trying to finish book two. Uh you know, this Dragon Con trip coming up, um, traveling to England also by the end of October to attend Bristol Con, which is another con. Uh that one yeah. also seems to be pretty popular too. I, I interview so many European authors where they're yeah. like, you got to get over here at some point. I'm yeah. like, I'm trying. Yeah. I'm like, I promise I'll get over there at some point. Like, yeah. but I, it's just funny. Like I have such a huge following over there and so many friends over there. So yeah, yeah. It's, it's a wonderful, it's a, wonderful it's a super small con, but a lot of people from uh, our sphere of SFF fans and yeah, readers, yeah. authors attend Bristol con. And it's really cool. Uh, Dirk Ashton came Yep. Two or three years ago, we're from the US. We had last year uh, Mihir from Fantasy Book Critic blog. Oh, came cool. Here. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so, awesome. yeah, so we, we have a couple of Americans that also make it over from time to time. Uh, yeah, it's a wonderful time. So, I, I recommend BristolCon to anyone uh, if, they, awesome. if they can go. Yeah. Like I said, I'm a history teacher. So, any point when I can get over to Europe, that's like what, the only thing is like we're trying to figure out like when we can go because, like, um, my like my mom's family's from ireland and mm -hmm. scotland so we we kind of okay. wanted to do everything all at once you know and take okay. like a little bit longer yeah, yeah, yeah um so we're hoping we're so we're trying at some point wherever we go like we'll probably be there you know like you know within, within like yeah. three weeks oh, that's cool but it's yeah. funny because i got a lot of friends over there you know so they're like yeah i got this airbnb yeah. and it's like pennies compared to over here mm. they're like yeah i'll just give it to you for this price and i'm like is it really 25 dollars american dollars to stay in your airbnb they're like oh it's the it's the author price i'm like oh, i okay. appreciate that so okay. cool, i'm like cool. that'd be really cool they're like just get over here we'll take care of you so i'm like nice. speaking of great community so yeah yeah, yeah so sure. i'm really looking forward at some point to getting over there yeah. but you need well, to visit this has been you awesome yeah, sorry, sorry. no uh, you need to visit sweden at some point also if you're into oh history. you know what so I was gonna say there's about five of you that I like really would like to go and, and yeah. visit. Um I just like I was actually surprised holy blanken because it's one of the authors I have for season one, one of the female authors. But um yeah, like she speaking of Airbnb, so she was like, Yeah, I got this nice little cottage, you know, that you mm -hmm. know overlooks like our area. Um and they had like a bigger like farm property, and I just could not believe like you know, like the scenery. I was like, Yeah, it's mm -hmm. gotta be 
on my list at some point. So yeah, yeah. it was really yeah. awesome. But yeah, cool. that'd be really cool. Well, before I forget though, I just want to mention, um, you know, I did, cause I forgot to do this as like kind of a follow-up, but like speaking again of your cover, I just want to say that like, it looks really great, but it also gave me like some really cool nostalgic, like video game vibes. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. Like final fantasy and stuff. Yes. So I just wanted to say like, I thought you guys did like a great job of that. And it felt like it, again, it really matched the genre, but it has enough uniqueness you know, from the cover and the characters that I was like, okay, this is gonna be a little different. So again, with vibe, I just felt like it matched your opening scene and the vibe of the book really well. So I just want to point that out for the audience. Um, So if you like, you know, they like your cover, I think they'll really like, and the premise, I think they'll really like the book. But I also think that it just really goes to show that, you know, like you said, like, it's really important to get that cover right. Um, I think you get the, you got the cover right, the blurb right, and that beginning scene. And I think, you know, a lot of times those are the, you know, the big humps that you have to get over as, you know, like a first time, you know, book for people. So I think if you can do those things, I think that, you know, you'll be really successful. Um, And I think you did each of those three things really well. So I just want to mention that I thought the cover, um, you know, was really unique. It it caught my interest right away. That's what I actually, you know, how Facebook is, you know, there's so many things. Uh, but when I think it was Dirk shared your book, I noticed mm-hmm. the cover right away and I actually went up to your name Okay. from there. So I just think that, you know, you guys did a really great job there, um, kind of, you know, encapsulating, you know, the book and what it's about. The the vibe, I was like, this is a vibe book, you know, and this okay. is a vibe yeah. cover and That's it really awesome. caught it really well. So I just wanted to mention that before we got That's done. awesome. I, I, I really appreciate that. And also every time someone mentions Final Fantasy, it makes me super happy because I'm a huge fan of the fan- Final Fantasy games and uh, that was definitely in the back of my mind uh, when it came to the cover, you know, uh, because we're used to seeing the group of characters from those games on the on the cover, as you know. Yeah, yeah. And there's also uh, some Final Fantasy Easter eggs in the book itself. So some people oh, have cool. them, some people haven't. Uh, well, yeah, but it's a fun thing. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna have to be paying more attention now. Yeah. <laughs> all right Sadir. well thank you so much this has been great i know we had to reschedule a couple times with babies and both of us being sick and stuff yeah, so i'm yeah. so glad that we could do this and we may you know, keep you on schedule for you know yeah. for season three so um awesome. yeah so if there's anything else you need in the meantime just let me know if you you know start to get some of that news and updates you know for book two send whatever my way and i'll throw it out to everybody uh like much i said i'll be emailing it. you emailing you a lot of things so yeah. i know you guys aren't on our um I don't know. I don't think you guys are on our list for, I think it's just UK. Um, so I will uh, be sending you privately uh, some of my notes and things like that for my Kindle okay. Bell series. That way you cool, can see cool. what you and Paul have inspired me to do. Awesome, um, awesome. But yeah, other than that, if there's anything else I can do, you know, just hit me up in the Facebook group or my email or, you know, obviously you have me on Twitter and just message me and I will help you out as best I can. Um, but other than that, I look forward to talking to you on social media, my friend. Thank you, my friend. And I appreciate everything that you do for the community with this podcast and always spreading the words about book releases and introducing new authors. So thank you. Anytime, anytime. (laughs) Well, you have a good rest of your afternoon there, Sadir, and I will talk to you soon, my friend. Yes. Have a good weekend. You too. Bye. Bye Bye bye.